Hey everyone, and a massive welcome to the next edition of the CISO Experience. My name's Simon Linstead. I'm the founder and the host of the InfoSec Live community, and I'll be your host for the event today. Before we continue, a massive thank you to Bramfit Technology Labs, who's without their sponsorship, this amazing series of events would not be possible. We're on episode eight now of speaking to some of, some of the world's biggest CISOs with another 50 lined up over the next few weeks. So if you're enjoying the content, it's a big thanks out to our sponsor, Bramfit. And for those of you that don't know Bramfit, Bramfit are an international cybersecurity consultancy leading the way in innovation and cyber resilience. The entire team is owner managed and works on a linear structure, drawing its expertise from the military, government, finance and technology industry, and together providing support and collaboration to those who protect company assets and sensitive data. BTL leads in technical cybersecurity consulting, focused on embedding a culture of security with its clients. And a secure culture raises trust at a time when, as we know, 85% of consumers won't do business with a company if they have concerns about its security practices. And through research, education and execution, Bramfit helps to protect your systems and your reputation. So if you're a CISO suffering from big four fatigue and you're looking for an alternative, check out Bramfit Technology Labs, expert-led technical cybersecurity consultancy services. So big thanks to the sponsor. Without too much further ado, let's bring on our guest for today. And it's a very, very exciting one. Um, I met this chap uh, at Infosecurity Europe in London this year when walking around all of the different stalls, um, what they were doing really, really stood out to me. And it's very, very relevant to the CISO experience. So this isn't a sales pitch, but I am going to ask our guest to dig in a little bit into what it is they've done, because it really does bear a lot of relevance to the industry. So as I said, without too much further ado, um, I'm going to play a quick stinger for Bramfit. And then let's bring on our guest for today, Mr. Ido Gaynor, CEO and founder of CISO Terrier. Ido, a massive welcome to the CISO experience. Um, I think today's going to be a little bit different. We normally go through kind of a back and forth with the guests and talk about things. However, you are very prepared today and you actually have a presentation that addresses lots of the challenges that CISOs are facing. So let's just launch straight in with the presentation because I think it includes a bit about yourself as well, which is going to be important. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak. Uh, actually, I've been following you in the last uh, few weeks and uh, it's amazing things what you have been doing. So Thank fast you. growing and, and you bring so many good people. I can, I can, it's, it's hardy for me to track. So uh, actually amazing job. Keep on. Thank you. You can imagine how hard it is for me to track. And I can't yes. actually take any credit for that because all I've done is reach out to people. And I think again, Edo, it's a, uh, a massive reflection on the industry and, and how much our leadership is prepared to give back to other people. So I suppose that frames the introduction very well as, as to me to thank you for your time as well today before we start. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So uh, what I what I will be more than happy to share in, in this session today and feel free to interject anytime is uh, basically how to track and control cyber risk in enterprises 24 by 7. Now, this is something that is a major concern for, for companies, and I will get to that, actually. Uh, but let me start with, uh, as you mentioned, uh, about myself. So I've been in the computer industry for uh, many years, as you can see, over 30 years in the computer science. Uh, out of them, about 20 in cybersecurity. I do have a BSc, a bachelor degree in mathematics and computer science from the Ben Gurion University. 
and I've been working for Digital Equipment Corporation. Those of the, of the listeners that uh, are aware of this uh, amazing company that uh, vanished, actually. Uh, it was really shame, but, uh, but uh, I've been for many years with, uh, with Digital for eight years. And then I relocated to New Jersey. I've been with Vocaltech, which uh, I've been uh, VP Marketing and Product Management for Vocaltech. Vocaltech, uh, actually, it's the voice over IP company. It's the company that uh, first launched internet phone. So uh, we can speak over the phone like we do right now over the wow. over PCs. So yeah, that was, uh, we were the first to, to launch that in 1995, I believe it was. Uh, and that was really a breakthrough uh, then uh, Skype uh, kind of came up and and uh, and just crossed over, but <laughs> but uh, uh, all in all, we were really the first. And uh, at Vocaltech, we have been doing uh, great things. Uh, I also launched uh, an innovative uh, conference, like what you do today. I have done something similar to some degree in 2003. Uh, with the first uh, worldwide terror and technology online conference. It was a trade show with uh, with a lot of uh, famous uh, participants like uh, former CIA director James Wolsey, Congressman Kurt Weldon from Pennsylvania, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu uh, was participating. So it was really, really a, a, an amazing thing that uh, we did in 2003. Can I just jump in and say that your compliment earlier about what I'm doing is even more of a compliment. So thank you very much. Yeah, I think that uh, that uh, building and bringing good content, uh, this is the key. And doing that, it's a big challenge. So so uh, uh, getting good people to speak, getting good content uh, and sharing it with others, it's not an easy task. I'm, I'm very much aware of it. Yeah, so uh, following the... Uh, while I was actually doing the Terror and Technology Online Conference, I also uh, was kind of mentoring, volunteering at the entrepreneurship mentor, uh, men uh, actually been an entrepreneur, entrepreneur's mentor at the Berkeley Center of Entrepreneurial Studies in New York uh, Stern School. I was doing it for about a couple of years, kind of volunteering. And uh, then uh, we, we relocated back to Israel uh, with all my family. And in 2005, I uh, founded IPV Security. It's a consulting firm that uh, we run until today uh, that is doing uh, lots of consulting services, CISO as a service. Uh, the company manages about 30 companies as CISOs. So uh, this is actually the root of CISOteria where we were looking for a solution and we couldn't find any. So in 2018, we launched CISOteria uh, and uh, by the way, Soteria was uh, the, the goddess uh, in the Greek mythology, the goddess of defense. So Soteria, yeah. this is why we, we have Soteria uh, together. So uh, the goddess of defense for Cisos. So <laughs> that's I the think, idea. I think of, it's, uh, it's worth mentioning as well that we actually connected uh, InfoSec Europe this year. And the reason we connected is my background being financial services and big part of that was kind of risk, not just management, but risk reporting as well. And out of all the stands that I was walking around on the day with most of them saying shift left or zero trust, it was kind of refreshing to jump on your stand and listen a bit about what you guys are doing. So for the audience, I've actually asked Edo to come on here today because I was so impressed with what he did. So I'll let you carry on. Yeah. So uh, uh, that's what we've been done in the last seven, what uh, brought uh, Brought Cisoteria. Uh, 
and uh, and what I am going to discuss today is actually the concept behind Cisoteria, not necessarily Cisoteria, but how as a CISO I can manage risk because one of the uh, the key elements which is is kind of strike to CISOs plan and prioritize the day-to-day -day activities. And we've been struggling to that for the last uh, 10 years. It's, it's amazing. You need to make decisions. You need to plan. You need to prioritize. You need to budget. But you don't have data. You don't know. You don't have any idea about what's going on. So because of that, what I'm going to talk today is how we can do that. We believe that we found the formula to do that. And we believe that anyone can do it practically using this type of formula. Uh, but starting off, I think we should start off by some key terms and some mis misconceptions that I've been seeing in the market quite a bit. Then a bit about the market status, where cybersecurity is today, and how does it influence the, the controlling risk at enterprises. And from there, I will get to the challenges and then to what we believe is the solution to how to do that. So awesome. let me let me go go ahead and start with the terms and misconceptions in cybersecurity. Uh, specifically, uh, the, the number one misconception is what is an asset? Uh, uh, from almost ma many people I talk with, I ask them, what's your business, what's your assets? They speak about ERP servers, exchange servers, any type of systems. But systems are assets for the, for the technology team in the company, for the CIO. These are not for the executive management. These are not assets. They, these are just systems that, that, that store the assets. But the assets are things like intellectual property, customer list, HR data. This is assets. So when we speak assets, or from the executive management point of view, we speak about data, not about yeah. systems, not yeah. about application. Now, why is it so important? Because one of the key issues for, and, and I'll get to that in a few minutes, in order to get to, uh, 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 to get cyber to the main focus of the management, we need to speak the same language as the management. I also, I hear very often CISOs that complain that they do something and management do not understand them. So yeah. let's, speak, let's speak the same language. This is how we can really create a common language. It's, 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 a, critical, it's a critical issue. Also, uh, if, we, if we go further about, about uh, uh, what's the difference between risk and threats, I hear very often ransomware is a risk. No, ransomware is not a risk. It's a threat scenario. The same is virus or worm. These are not risks. These are threat scenarios. Risk for the company is something that involves money or, God forbid, human lives. These are risks for a company. Not Now, again, if you speak to the technical person in the IT infrastructure team, for him, obviously, it's a risk that the ERP server will uh, will uh, will uh, shut down, but that's not a company risk. That's his own risk on his own job. Very important to distinguish. Again, we want to speak the executive language, and this is part of why I put these two main misconceptions. Because for, first and foremost, we need to speak the same language. 
assets, business assets, and risk company risks. So this is kind of starting point to put to put to put uh, the basics here. Now taking this one step further, what we can see is that there are threats, there are risk. We all know this formula of Im of impact uh, multiplied by likelihood in order to get the risk, but the risk should be measured in dollars, in money, in sterlings, in not in any other way. That's what management understands. Because if you want budget for management, the, the basic for them is really to understand what's the implications and what's the risk in dollar value. If the risk is $100 or 100, sorry, sterlings, 100 sterlings, then obviously that, uh, that this doesn't, that doesn't worth a budget. <laughs> no, it's, it's, an, it's an acceptable risk, isn't it? And that's another topic I expect you'll talk about is the discussions around what those acceptable risks are, because again, they vary from company to company and industry to industry, either. Yes, absolutely. And for one, and at the end of the day, once you meet, you are able to uh, to uh, uh, quantify your risk properly. Now you are able to define your appetite and where is and where uh, to what degree you are willing to take the risk. If you want to uh, transfer uh, transfer the risk to an insurance uh, to a cyber insurance, that's fine as well. But now you have you have data you can work with. Now without this data, how again companies today? How do they plan? How do they prioritize? How do they budget? It's all based on on gut feeling. That's what's going on today in most of most of the organizations. So a financial risk, for example, is built out of threats which have some likelihood. And together with that, we can get to a real number and we can demonstrate it to the, to the management. <clears throat> so, uh, uh, threat scenarios. Threat scenarios are causing the risk, obviously. A ransom causes the risk. So, any exploitation of a vulnerability creates a risk. That's basic to understand where the risk comes from, from those threats. Uh, uh, now, the real question is who produces the weakness these vulnerabilities is it the hackers security suppliers or us and the answer to me is very simple us. <laughs> only us <laughs> absolutely it's only us and and I, I i would like to give an example to demonstrate how is it built and again it's also some kind of misconception in the, in the industry let's assume that a, an intrusion test a, a pen, penetration test found a rule in the firewall that allows outsider to infiltrate to the organization network obviously there is a bad rule in the firewall now i can tell this person uh, on the it infrastructure team or the security team go ahead and please fix this rule in the firewall now did I resolve the problem? No, I resolved the symptom. Yeah. Why? Because the problem is not the technology, is not the firewall. The problem is how this rule got into the firewall because there was someone that in that actually configured this rule which did not follow probably a process or or maybe there was not any process. The what I'm trying to to put here is that the root cause of the issues, it's us, it's people and processes 
not the technology. Technology is dumb. Technology knows zero and one. That's what the technology knows. Nothing yeah. else. And by the end of the day, we, people, with processes, we manage the technology. And this is why we are also the one responsible for that. So out you, of the... Do you think, Edo, do you mind me just jumping in? Because yeah, feel free. this is such a common theme that I'm hearing from all the CISOs I speak to about the marketing budgets of the big firms who are pushing the narrative on technology solutions, technology solutions, which are obviously hugely important. But in a lot of these instances, especially when CISOs join a firm and pick up what someone else has done, you know, they've got all these different bells and whistles and different products in there. No staff education on how to use them. Probably 20, 30 percent of the functionality actually being used. And this seems to be in a lot of CISOs minds at the moment. One of the biggest problems in our, in our industry is the budget's being forced towards non-us or non-people or awareness solutions and all down to tick boxes and, and plug-in unicorns, which seems to be not working. Yeah, yeah, this is exactly the, this is exactly what happens. Everyone is focused on technology, on more products. I, I can, I, I can, I, I stopped actually counting the number of products I've seen in in different companies which they've bought, but they but they are not doing anything with them. They are yeah. just installed, even not installed in some cases. They, yeah. But even if they are installed, they are not configured. They are not maintained. And and getting a new product, it's not it's not good enough. You need to you to install it properly. You need to maintain it. You need to audit it. You need to work. And 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 this is processes and people. It's not the technology. So before you want to buy more technology, think about people and processes. Now, by the way, I also have an assumption. Why is that? Because it's much easier to focus on technology than to change processes and people. People are hard work. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's much more complex to change a process. So think that from now on you will tell the, the security person that is responsible for the firewall that any change that is going to do from now on is going to report it properly, is going to audit it, is going to have someone that will watch on his back and see that it's done properly. Yeah. This is not something easy to, to, to create. But once this will be done, obviously the technology the firewall will not will not fail it will do its job let's speak about the market status because it implies all what we've talked until now implies very directly to the market status on on the cyber industry market status so let's get some facts some basic facts i, I actually two weeks ago i talked with someone from from uh, from uh, nearby yourself actually that I also met at InfoSecurity, which told me that he is actually, uh, he has been registering on his own database uh, products and, and, and MSSPs uh, in the industry. And he says, he says that he has 3,500 products registered. Wow. Now, it's, uh, now, even if this number is not you know, accurate 100%, there is 2,000 or 2,500, it's still a huge number which implies, yeah. by the way, that this whole cyber market did not get to maturity. That's what it implies. Because when a, when a market is mature, you see few, about dozen of strong, uh, uh, strong vendors, another few dozens of, uh, of uh, smaller vendors, and that's about it. You don't see thousands of products. 
So but you know, you know what we've seen, Edo, over the last few years, we've seen another tech boom when it comes to people investing in the buzzword of cybersecurity. And I suppose I should mention the buzzword of AI, because if you've got AI in your business title, you definitely get funding. And I think we're now going to see with the economic changes around the world and the fact that I don't think there's any two ways about it. We're headed for a global recession. And if anyone who's watching knows how you know, the economic process works. So unfortunately, the recession is a necessary part of our of our fiscal yeah. economic growth yeah. and, and retraction. And I think we're going to see, uh, to coin a phrase from the UK, a lot of wheat from the chaff being sorted out over the next two, three, four, five years. And I'm hoping we'll see this massive product group of many things that replicate and do the same as each other, but slightly differently, start to reduce, do you think? Yeah, I, I think it will, including the market. And I'll get to, in in few slides. I'll get also to what will, in my opinion, bring to some maturity. I also have some some a nice analogy uh, analogy of which I'll show where the market stands today. In in, in my opinion, so three thousand five hundred products, five hundred MSSPs, thousands, tens of thousands of websites breached daily. Most companies had a breach, uh, 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 and we see it. And an amazing thing is that also we speak to CISOs and we see lots of CISOs and we see it's a growing, it's a growing industry. But still, you compare the whole number of companies around the globe, most do not have CISOs yet. And, and, and this exactly speaks about the market status. And uh, what this means is that the current CISOs are overloaded. They do not meet the expectations. There is inability to quantify the risk. They are not able to do that. They have no methodology to budget, to plan, to prioritize. And they are focused on technology. And you can see some, 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 uh, uh, some of, the, uh, of the statistics about what CISOs feel. I believe that's your audience. Maybe it's a good question to ask your audience uh, how they feel about it. But I think that this is something that uh, it's a recent... Uh, it's a recent uh, uh, statistics research that has been done, and it shows actually how how tough is the situation for uh, for uh, CISOs. And I like to show this, by the way, in a very uh, graphical way. This is how an enterprise looks like. <laughs> it's a chaos. That's, I, don't that's... Want, I don't want to do that job. I've decided over the last three weeks of speaking to loads of CISOs that it's not for me ever. <laughs> yeah, but but wait, uh, I hope that after our session, maybe you will change your mind because we will so. see we, we will do have some methodology here that we are trying to put order where there is no order. <laughs> it's, it's, it's back to um, a lot of the CISO I've spoken to recently, even at enterprise level firms, they don't just wear a CISO hat. You know, it, it isn't just a CISO role that they're conducting. They're doing all sorts of things. You know, CTO. I've seen CISOs who are CTOs. And yeah, it's yeah. just, it's too many jobs. And I, and I think this is just spot on when it comes to the immaturity of the market and, and where we are now with the concentration of CISOs in big firms, but absolutely, you know, hardly anything at all in the <laughs> SME sector and below. And it's, it's starting to cause real problems. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have conducted, by the way, a, a short, our own research about what does the CISOs do? And obviously what we can see here, there is a lot of ad hoc activities. 
There is a lot of end, uh, handling of third parties uh, inquiries. There is a lot of uh, 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 schedule uh, activities. So you can see that there are lots of things that the CISO needs to cover. And obviously, they have a very, very limited time if there is a CISO. And you mentioned properly, in many cases, the CTO is also, uh, is also acting as the, as the CISO. So we can see that it's a very complex job. There is a lot of things to do. And again, you need to make all of this while you have no basic method methodology to quantify your risk and to know where you stand. And to me, this actually reminded me, uh, uh, I'm not sure if you're, uh, have, you, have you read the Crossing the Chasm uh, book from uh, Jeffrey Moore? Yeah, th th this one, uh, Crossing the Chasm, is a, a book that wrote uh, Jeffrey Moore in 1991. It's the Bible. I haven't, for... I haven't read this one. No, my reading list at the moment is about this thick. I'll add it. I'll add it to the top. Yeah, this one is this one is is a very very good one. Speaking about how to bring technology, it's the Bible for marketing high tech companies or high tech products. It's, it's really considered as the Bible until today. It's called Crossing the Chasm. It's a very, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a, a thick book. It's a very thin book. Uh, but the bottom line of the book is speaks about this graph, which speaks about the stages that any product goes until it goes to the chasm. And most of the companies, most of the high tech uh, products do not, are not able to cross this chasm. Now, why do I bring this? And, and there is also, you can see, uh, actually here, uh, there is a, a rule, how to, a, a Maloney's rule, how to really be able to cross the chasm. Now, why do I bring this? Because to me, although cybersecurity is not a product, it's an industry. But to me, it's like a product. And I think that until today, because we are not able to speak the language of the management because we are not able to quantify our risk 24 by 7, because we are not able to have a methodology to, to plan, we did not cross the chasm. Cybersecurity is still before crossing the chasm. And in order to, to this, for this to happen, we need to do some more things in order to take it to, take it to the next stage. I could not agree more. Okay. So let's see what are the challenges. Specifically, uh, control knowledge and expertise. These are a summary of the three challenges any CISO has. You need to be able to have full control on your risk. You need to have knowledge on what's going on. And there is a lot going on on cybersecurity from all aspects. Some of them are listed here. And there is an expertise that are not existent in one person. There is no one person that's really experts in application security and, uh, and, uh, and penetration testing and uh, GRC and so on and so on and so on. So this is why this expertise, knowledge and control are critical for our success in being good CISOs. So, and do, you, do you think having the, having the network of people around you who do have that technical ability is super important, I think? And a lot of the CISOs I've spoke to, they've always got their kind of SMEs for each area, whether it's AppSec or whether it's network infrastructure. 
they've got someone to go to for that, whether it's in the firm they're working for or whether it's, you know, a lot of the firms outsource to kind of technical specialists that they bring in at certain times. Is, is that what you mean, Ido? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Actually, in our, uh, uh, in the CISO services we've been provided, providing in at IPV security, that's exactly what we did. We built a team that we have a CISO in front of the customer, but the whole supporting team, which has all the expertise surrounding the CISO, because again, no one CISO has all expertise. I, I, I actually, my, my view and philosophy on that is that it's even a different type of person for different elements that the CISO is responsible. A GRC person has different attributes and different profile than a penetration tester. Would, would you say, um, and this is off the top of my head, would you say that different personality types and different skill sets of different CISOs fit in better with different firms? Or do you think that's untrue? Uh, no, it, it, it is to some degree true. I'll, I'll explain. It depends on the stage of the company. It depends which type of company and what's the stage of the company. For example, if you are a startup, and, and you are trying to, uh, to uh, penetrate the market and you are a software company that starts that tries to penetrate the market, then you need a, a CISO with more expertise on governance, on, on responding third parties inquiries and, and so forth. Less important other elements. If you are in a, in a different area, if you are a large industrial company, then you need to focus on different things. So, so Yes, it is different. It depends on the on the type of company and the stage the company is at. Okay, thank you. No, yeah, it's gen no. genuine genuine question because out of all the CISOs I've spoken to, very few of them are similar. You know, they've all got their strengths. They've all got completely different backgrounds. You know, some come from tech backgrounds, some come from military leadership type backgrounds, and it just seemed to be such a mixed bag of different skill sets that that's why I asked the question. Yeah, you know, it's funny. We had a, an incident about uh, two years ago, something like that, where a customer that we have positioned the CISO was not happy with that specific CISO. Now, this specific CISO was providing also CISO for other companies which were very happy, but with yeah. this specific customer one was not. So I said, okay, if you don't feel that this one is the, the best, then let's replace we replaced and we got another CISO and then the customer was very happy to say, hey, you see, this CISO is what I was looking for. I said, I yeah, understand. It's, but, it's but personality it's, sometimes as well, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. You know? it's, it's personality. It's, it's expertise. It's, it, there are a lot of elements. And, and, and there are, by the way, we see CISOs coming from lots of very different backgrounds. Some of them are, are, have been accountants. Some of them have been in the GRC. Some of them have been uh, from ISO uh, area. Some of yeah. them from uh, from penetration testing, some from the infrastructure. By the way, again, it very much depends on the type of the company. A company that has a strong infrastructure with a lot of security products need a strong CISO with knowledge on 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 that element. Uh, same with cloud and so forth. Uh, okay, so so uh, there is. No question, and I think that the, the first uh, a few bullets here, may, mainly the first one, is obvious because there is lots of uh, of uh, uh, sophistication attacks, which uh, puts everyone very vulnerable and and unequipped to handle. Uh, 
the daily operations are not connected to the cyber risk quality. I'm not sure if you if you recall in the in the in demonstration I showed you at InfoSecurity, but that's one of the things we really uh, emphasize at Cisoteria is the ability to connect the daily operation, people and processes to the risk score of the company. So once there is a, 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 a process that has been uh, has been uh, confirmed as done, it immediately implies the risk of the company. That enables us to go 24 by 7, and this is something that, again, uh, uh, now to me, by the way, a, a, a CISO that has no gauge is like a physician that you come in and and uh, and uh, ask for uh, ask for tell me what I have and tell me what medicine I have, but I do not but do it without any any uh, blood test any any, uh, any analysis at all. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds, no it sounds no like no data. I just health service. <laughs> yeah, I just feel bad. Tell me what I have. <laughs> that, that's how CISOs. Uh, th 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 that's really how CISOs work. Uh, executives have no idea of the picture of the status, and I always get from board members. I get a request: What's our status? How we don't know. So that's part of of uh, uh, what's behind. <coughs> now, here is an example of elements that immediately change the risk score of a company. For example. Patches that were supposed to be installed until yesterday and were not installed. Does it imply on our risk company status today? Of course it does. Penetration test found critical vulnerability. Does it imply on our risk status? Of course it does. Critical CVE was announced this morning. It implies on our risk. Zero-day breach in Singapore occurred and systems similar to ones we own. It implies to our security risk. Now, all of these are examples that the CISO today have no way to gather them all together into one place and to see how it implies to the risk score of, of the company that the CISO is responsible for. On the other end, on the positive side, if a phishing campaign results present improvement on the employee, then your risk should be lower. But again, you need to get all of these daily elements, daily things into one place so you can really, from this on, really be able to measure your risk on a daily basis. That's the, 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 that's, uh, uh, the concept. And uh, what we really need is to speak the executive language back to the assets and, and, and risks that we talked before. We need to integrate risk management process to the IT operations. So once we know that the risk is being today higher than yesterday, then we immediately request the IT operations team to do one, two, three, four, five in order to reduce the risk. And on the other end, once the security team and the operation operational team does different jobs, then it immediately implies on, on the risk, how the risk is being reduced. So following the trend of the risk, it's the key element and for that, we need to focus <coughs> on the on the root cause, on the people and processes. This is just an example of the screen that we have at Cisoteria, which you can see on the left hand. You can see the trend of the skill or your of your risk score. On the right hand side, you see your what we call proactivity index. What's your proactivity index in regards to 
how well your products and procedures, again, people and processes are being implemented. And on the bottom left-hand side, you can even get drilled down, and I will get to that maybe later, to the defense layers and how they are being implemented. On the right-hand side, on, on, the, on the bottom of the right-hand side, we see actually just the graphs of where the risk for the business assets of the company. So that's what we see on, on, the, on the bottom of the right-hand side, just to, to keep you understanding of, of this. Now, so what do we suggest uh, to CISOs on how they can calculate, again, with or without CISOteria, how you can really control your cyber risk? So first, you need to know your assets and processes. And when I speak assets and processes, I speak business assets, executive language. Yeah. You need yeah. to not only to define them, to define the to find out what's their value, where they are kept, where they how they are stored. This is number one. Now it sounds obvious. But again, in some cases, CISOs will look at this slide and say, hey, of course, we have the assets. Then I will tell them, hey, go to your assets list and see how many of your assets list are systems and not business assets and take them off, which this is probably the case in many, many cases. Yeah. Keep on the business assets. Then classify those business assets. Let me bring this up faster. <clears throat> Define which, are, which, which of these assets are more critical, which are less. Prioritize them, locate them, who has access to them. Map them, map them as much as you can. Now, again, with Cisoteria, you can do it and put it in the system. Without Cisoteria, put it in an Excel file or in, in a place where you will be able to access it and watch it almost 24 by 7. You need always to keep on the same language as the, as the management with, with your business assets. Then your business risks. Map your business, your business risk and their impacts. Let me again bring it all up, up together. So... Again, speaking about uh, the business language from the company, from the executive management. So, for example, when we speak about business risk, we speak about elements that imply value in dollars. So, there are different uh, uh, leakage of data, uh, financial losses, any type of elements that are related to your business, not the, uh, uh, that's the basic of, uh, of putting your, your business assets. Now, your threat scenarios. Your threat scenarios are actually the ones that bring the risks. We should map them, we should see them, and we should prioritize them because they are not in the same priority. And, it's a, and by the way, it's a dynamic element. It's something that today it can be ransom. In uh, six months, it might be something else. Yeah. So, so always watch what's your threats, what's the threat scenarios, map them. I will take it even one step further. I will say, uh, uh, um, I'm not sure if you are familiar with the kill chain. Go ahead yes. and look at the threat scenarios and their kill chain and map them. So this way you will build your defenses. 
based on on the kill chains of your of your of your threat so what this will all come out into is the ability to risk to do risk management that's what it's all about mapping the assets messing the, the risk mapping the threats now you are able to to manage your your risk and see where you stand that's uh, 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 that's how you will do it and from now on actually we can see uh, we all know this this uh, a common uh, common formula which is okay our inherent risk is the assets multiplied by the threat scores and now we need to look at the mitigating controls in order to find the residual risk and watch the trend of the residual risk on a daily basis yeah now the tough part which I'll come to that in in the next few slides is how to mitigate controls how do I measure that the controls are being properly uh, implemented that's a major element that I need to to watch on on an ongoing basis I'll get to that now before get, getting to that I just want to bring a very a good article uh, that I read I'm not sure and, and I would really recommend everyone that's from McKinsey McKinsey introduced this article about risk-based approach I think about a year ago something like that it's a very very good article about risk management and risk approach and I would just recommend anyone to read this it's not it's a, it's a 10 minute read but it's a, it's a really good one to uh, to understand this whole concept of risk management and and this all uh, view let me just take us off screen for two seconds so anyone who wants to see the link at the bottom can okay hopefully you can you could have paused that then if you're watching and uh, make a note of the link okay okay so <coughs> Let's see an implementation, uh, how we do this with Cisoteria specifically. Again, no necessarily need to do it with Cisoteria. I will show it with Cisoteria. And uh, again, the idea of Cisoteria is really to be able to track 24 by 7, to reduce and manage enterprise risk, and to deliver insights to the CISO. That's what we aim to do. And with all what I've said before, you can do it yourself. Now, to do that, you need to actually manage three elements security operations governance and risk control now specifically specifically when when we speak about security operations that's the day-to-day -day activities any project management solution that you may have would help you do security operations again which is Sotea, it's built in in the in the platform but not necessarily you can do it in any type of platform but make sure that you watch all activities of the security operations team. You are able to manage the project. You are, managed to, you are able to manage ad hoc activities, inquiries. Anything is managed under a, a, a certain system that, that is able you to watch what's going on. The same true for governance. You can use a, a, a third party a solution for that. You can use Cisoteria as part of, of uh, as part of it altogether, but uh, again, the idea is really to keep on tracking any compliance, any element that you have been doing. You need to do it uh, as well, and then you need to watch your risk. <clears throat> so, watch your risk. 
again, if you have Cisoteria, it's doing it for you once it has all of these three elements together. If you don't, you just need to get them together and just measure it and at least daily calculate your risk so you are able to watch the trend of where your risk. So this way you can see in, in a month what's going on with your risk. Is it getting better or getting worse? This is something really critical in, in, in measuring. So the idea of having it all three elements as part of your CISO environment methodology that's key. Absolutely. I think going back to your one of your earlier slides, which showed you on the research that have been conducted, how the day in the life of a CISO works. Whilst you have said repeatedly there that you could use do this without CISO Terrier, I'm wondering where a CISO would find time <laughs> in his daily schedule to implement all this. So <laughs> not that I'm trying to help you sell your product, but it just it just kind of makes makes sense because yeah. i just can't see these people having the time to do that either yeah yeah you you are convincing the convinced you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I know the, the, this is why we have developed cisoteria it's uh, i call it you know it's a product a platform uh, developed by cisos for cisos but uh, but but again uh, again uh, sometimes uh, uh, lack of resources again uh, it's key it's key to do these elements Obviously, it's very hard to do it, but once you do that, actually, you will even find time to do some other stuff if you really start to put everything into a, 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 a clear methodology and, and a clear view. So it will help you. Obviously, so I will be more than... I will be... It's just putting the work in up front to make it, make it happen. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I see Cisoteria and what I just mentioned as the brain. It's like the brain. Actually, it helps you control everything, and that's what the brain does. It, it makes analysis. Uh, whatever we do, uh, whatever we say, whatever we feel, it's all controlled by our brain. Uh, the same is true. Uh, by the way, a good example from a different domain is, is uh, for example, uh, on the CRM, uh, uh, dynamic, uh, 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 what's their name, for Microsoft, Microsoft Dynamics or, or yeah. Salesforce. These are good examples of, uh, of how it goes. And specifically with Cisoteria, what we do is we really do this all into one platform. So we are able to monitor your proactivity. We calculate on real time your risk quantification, peers benchmark. We provide recommendations based on all of this data. <coughs> Sorry. So we have it all together and we manage the day-to-day -day, uh, day -day, uh, operations. Uh, if you want, we can, we can jump in, into the, uh, a bit to see on Cisoteria, if you wish. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like that. And I think the audience we've got watching this, as much as these, this series isn't meant to be about selling products, um, what you've gone through today hasn't been a product sale. It's been you know looking at the processes and what CISOs need. And I think... It's only fair, you know, after you sharing all of that knowledge and insight, Edo, that you give us a, a bit of an overview of the platform at least, please. Yeah. So uh, what you see here <coughs> is uh, the, uh, the, the dashboard where you can see the inherent risk, the proactivity index and the residual risk. And when you can, what you can see here is also the history, the trend, which I was talking about. So you can click. 
and see what's the trend of your proactivity, whether it's going better or worse. So you can see that the inherent risk goes better in regards to that. So we are in a good in a good situation. Again, again, when it comes when it comes to reporting to the board, Edo, this is invaluable in my opinion. Exactly. Now, besides that, it's also a good tool for the technology team and for the CISO to see where we stand in our in regards to our defense layers. What you see here is our data centers. We have here a list of data centers. In each data center, we have the we have defense layers. And each defense layer is built of different products and procedures. Again, people and uh, uh, products, people and processes. So we see it all here. And you can see, here, for example, that we have Aruba NAC, for example, as the product. So yeah. I will click on this product and say, why is it not in a good shape? Why is it not green? So it will take me to the product specific, to the Aruba uh, product specifically. And it will show me that this product is at 52% implementation level. Then I will yeah. ask myself, why is that? And it, it will show me that out of the processes, there are two recommended tasks that has not been assigned to anyone, and they are part of managing this product. There yeah. is assigned task only one. So what I will do is I will go ahead and I will take and assign, for example, this task. I will assign it to one of the, one of the employees, and uh, once I will assign it here, what I did now is assigned the task. So now you see we have two assigned tasks. And in the assigned task, I will report that it has been completed. Yeah. Once it has been completed, the implementation level of the product is now 63%. Now, this is maintenance of the product, what I'm showing here. It's maintenance yeah. of the team. It's maintenance of the security operations. And it immediately implies on the on the on the on the scores that we have here including what we have here in the defense so now you see our, our now it's 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 more towards the green it's still not green because we are not at 100% but it's not yeah. it, it, it's it's not orange as it used it's now greener so and also the numbers here have been changed so this is how Cisotea actually watch the day to day operations now as part of that we have here also all the projects we can watch here every project that we have and what's the status of the project and we can see here all the guns of the you see all the tasks and the project and the gun chart of of the specific project we can see here every tasks of all the team that's the security operations element that i refer to so we have here uh, uh, tasks all the tasks we can have by department by owner uh, type of tasks there's audit tasks recurring tasks all of that we have as part of the security operations. We have here the governance elements like NIST, NIST 853, ISO 27001. We have here policies. On the policies, we see here all the policies and also for every policy, which is also, it's the first time that I believe that you can take the policies out of the shelf so it will not get dust as it does. Yeah in every organization now you can see that every procedure has list of tasks that if they are not implemented the status is is bad and yeah. this is how we actually been doing uh, specifically uh, with uh, with Cisoteria. that's amazing edo and 
when did you say you launched this? How long ago? About uh, six months ago. And I, and I take it this is this is something that you're already using with your own clients and using to manage your day to day because yes. that's where it come from, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. We are using it uh, uh, ourselves. Uh, our clients use it. We also use it for ourselves. Uh, that's part of uh, of what we use. Uh, we use for our company. Once uh, we have, we are ISO twenty seven zero zero one compliant, and once uh, once we get uh, we get the, the 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 auditor in, we just bring Cisoteria up and say, okay, what do you want to see? What do you want to look at here? I, I, I bet they love that. <laughs> yes, and for them it's a, it's an easy job. From now, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, there's so much correlation to what we used to do in financial services from a risk perspective. But when we were looking at um, investment risk, you know, lots of this is relevant. And you talk about maturity of markets. You look at the financial services market and you look at how many players there are there that kind of do this risk quant and qual analysis. There's only about 10, you know, whereas I'm sure many, many years ago there were loads. And it's, it's really, really exciting. And I just want to say a massive thank you um, for coming on today and sharing not only CISO Terry, but also your own experience. Is there anything you'd like to finish on um, before we wrap things up for the audience? Uh, just, uh, you know, uh, uh, we do have some good quotes and some initial uh, good customers. And uh, specifically, just to summarize, mapping, mapping, it's a critical element uh, in order to control your risk. Uh, to master risk management, it's critical. You should have some methodology and not work in dark. And that's actually my, my first and foremost suggestion to any CISO. Try to have all of this data available to you so you are able to make decisions, on a, a, a wise decisions based on facts and data and not based on gut feeling. That's kind yeah. of the bottom line of what I would, would suggest anyone. Absolutely. Thank, thank you so much, Ido. And I think for me, just, just to wrap things up, I will drop in because obviously this is a pre-recorded session. So for those of you watching, please do like and subscribe. I'm going to drop the links in the chat um, when this is uploaded to CISO Terrier. And I'm also going to drop Ido's LinkedIn link in the chat as well. And I'm sure you'll be open to connections from any CISOs out there who want to have a chat about the product, perhaps. And I, I wouldn't be doing my job properly if I didn't say a massive thank you to Bramfit Technology Labs, who without their sponsorship, I wouldn't be able to do this um, pretty much full time at the moment, which is what I'm doing. And in fact, this week, this is uh, session one of eight live streams uh, we've got on InfoSec Live this week. And I haven't mentioned what happens the week after, but I think we've got 11 the week after. And then I'm going on holiday for a week because I think <laughs> I'll need one. But it's, do you know, getting to listen to experts and leaders like yourself Edo, has blown me away and i've learned more in the last two weeks from having discussions like this than i have in the last two years of studying um information security so i thoroughly recommend anyone who's watching this if you're looking to break in or if you're looking to raise your game in cybersecurity, there's an absolute wealth of knowledge out there online for free before you start paying for things and if you do get a chance to speak to people like Edo and get to benefit from their own experience. That, in my opinion, is the best way to learn. So without further ado, because I'm doing what I always do, which is ramble, I'll say please do like and subscribe if you've enjoyed the content. 
Ido, it's been amazing. Thank you so much. Thank and you. Thank you, you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. And, uh, and really, you are doing an amazing job. Keep on. Thank you. Thank you.